we can do better. Come on, give him all you got. Yes, Lord. Jesus, thank you that you have arrived for us, Lord, that you came to rescue us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your presence here tonight. It's in your name we pray. Come on, and all my friends said, amen. Hey, you guys can have a seat. Yes. Hey, my name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor here at the gathering. I want to say Merry Christmas, everyone. We are so thrilled that you are here with us. If you're new with us, if this is your first time, or maybe your first time in a while, we just want to say welcome home. We are honored that you chose to celebrate Christmas here with us. Isn't it so good to be in the presence of God together? Amen. And so, hey, with that in mind, I just want to encourage you real quick. Um, if you don't currently have a church family that you belong to, then let me encourage you. In the earliest part of 2022, find a healthy presence of God-loving church family that you can be a part of. Make that a priority for you and your family. In fact, I just wouldn't be surprised at all if God might talk to your heart about that tonight. Prioritizing the presence of God, I mean, it has made all the difference in my life. And many others here. I know, I know he'll do the same thing for you too. Now, of course, um, we do believe that we're a pretty good church family to be a part of if you're looking. It'd be pretty sad if we didn't think that, right? And so uh, we would love to have you be a part of our family. And I'll just tell you, 2022 is like the perfect time to dive in. Just a couple of things that are coming up. When you came in, you should have had cards somewhere near your seat. Uh, the first thing, January 9th, after Christmas and the New Year's all done, we're going to launch into a brand new message series called Lazarus Raising the Dead. And I'm telling you, it will be good for your soul to start your year off with that. And then on January 9th, the same day, we are so excited, um, the Gathering Kids are launching, we're calling it Funuary for the month of January. It's going to be so good, all right? It's going to lead up to the grand opening of our newly renovated kids space next door. So listen, mom and dad, don't let your kids miss it. All right, you don't want to miss it, neither do they. I'll, I'll just tell you, if your kids find out that they missed Funuary, then come February, they're probably going to start giving you the cold shoulder for the rest of the year. Just heads up, that's all I'm saying, all right? Um, and so, hey, if this is your first time with us, or if you just want more info about all these things coming up, then would you grab one of those connection cards and fill one of those out there in the seat back pockets? Uh, we just want to say thank you for being here. We also just want to encourage you and, and be a source of love and kindness to you as well. So you can easily just drop one of those in the, in the drop box in the, in the lobby after service. Thank you. Here's the very last thing, okay? Because we are having three big services today, um, we are not having our normal services this Sunday morning. So this is the only time I would ever tell you not to show up here on a Sunday morning. All right, but enjoy that time with your family, and we will see you back here on January 2nd. And then just gathering family, if you call this place home, um, even though we're not having our regular Sunday morning services this Sunday, let's still give our normal Sunday giving this Christmas weekend. Amen? In fact, what if we even, it's Christmas, what if we even bring Jesus our very best this Christmas weekend? Amen? So hey, if you want to do that, there's offering envelopes in your package. You can do that tonight. You can give online anytime at our website. And just thank you, Gathering Family, for all your faithfulness and generosity. And with that, are you guys ready to dive into an encouraging Christmas word? Come on. Here we go. We have been in a very powerful series here at The Gathering, a Christmas series called Do You Hear What I Hear, where we have been focused in on the good news of Jesus. And here's why, okay, because in Luke chapter 2, 
Verses 10 and 11, on the night that Jesus was born, an angel visited the shepherds nearby who were taking care of their sheep, and he famously said to them, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Watch, the Savior, notice that. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. Come on, friends. It's really good news that Jesus has arrived. Amen? It's what we're celebrating right now. Right? And so, listen, yes, we're celebrating his birth, but we, all, we celebrate his birth really because of the life he went on to live and then what he did with his life to make us right with God. That's what we celebrate. And so we've been asking... Do we truly believe that good news? Are we living according to it? And are we living with this posture towards our world, towards others around us, where we're saying, hey, have you all heard what I've heard? Have you heard this good news? Because I think we'd all agree, like when you receive really good news, it's hard to keep it to yourself, isn't it? Is that what we're doing with the good news of Jesus? Or... Or is it easy to contain it? Okay, so what's amazing is we've seen in the Bible that the good news of Jesus isn't just contained to the night that Jesus was born, but rather the whole Bible is saturated with the good news from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, because there is bad news. All right, and here's, here's the bad news. The bad news is we've all sinned. And we have all lived our lives held captive by Satan and sin and death, which means we need a Savior to save us from our sins and Satan and death. We need a way to be made right with God again. It all began way back in the garden when Adam and Eve first sinned, but then immediately after they sinned, God made a promise to them, and here's what's just fascinating. As he spoke the promise to them, he actually simultaneously preached the good news of Jesus. That one day, this was, that one day at just the right time, he would send the Savior to save mankind from their sins, making a way for us to be back in right relationship with God. In essence, the Father said even way back then in Genesis, hey kids, Hey, one day I am going to send my son Jesus to save you. Merry Christmas. Church, this is actually why Christmas is such a big deal, because it's God's promise fulfilled. You see, throughout your entire Old Testament, God continued to clarify the promise and remind people, hey, the Savior is on his way. And so that's when, when you finally get to Luke chapter 2, which we just read, when the angel said, I bring you good news, here's what he was saying. Hey, remember how God promised to send the Savior? Good news, he's here now. He's been born. In other words, Jesus has come to make a way. He's come to save everyone who's been held captive by Satan and sin and death. He was born to live the sinless life that you and I have not lived and then to die as the sacrifice to pay the death penalty that we all deserve for our sins. But it gets better. He rose from the grave. He came back to life. Therefore, conquering Satan's sin and death so that as we believe the good news of what Jesus has done for us and therefore put our faith in him, we live according to that news. Listen, then if we put our faith in him, we might be saved by him and then become spiritually rich through him. 
reborn for relationship with the Father, saved for his purposes, filled with the Holy Spirit, living more and more victorious right here and right now in this life, victorious over Satan and sin and death as we follow Jesus and as we help others do the same. Hey, listen to me. That's the good news. That's it. Okay, but actually, I'm going to say it this way. Um, Here's the good news. It's that the Father loves you no matter what. And because it's a no matter what kind of love, he still really, really, really wants to be with you. Now, I know, though, sometimes we, we hear things like that, and we, we, we struggle with that sometimes because, maybe because of our past and the things that we've done, and sometimes there's this voice that's like, no, 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 God doesn't want to be close to me. No, no, listen to me. All the things that, we've, that I've done in my past, that we've done in our past, the, the things that, the sins we've committed, the things that have caused brokenness in our relationship with God, you listen to me, that's the bad news. Okay, but I'm telling you, the good news is that God loves you. No matter what, he loves you and he wants to be with you. He wants to live life with you forever. He doesn't want there to be anything that could separate you from him and his love. And so Jesus showed up and victoriously made a way for that to happen. Come on, even all the powers of Satan, sin, and death couldn't stop Jesus. Okay, that's the good news. All right, but, but now how do we know that's the good news? How do we know that, okay, that the, that the Father wants to be with you and me no matter what? Okay, here's how we know. Because, yes, he promised to send the Savior, and Jesus did show up. That's proof. Okay, but there's more. All right, here's the other reason we know this is the good news. Because he also promised that one day the Savior is going to come back again. You listen to me. Friends, Jesus is returning for us. For everyone who has believed the good news of Jesus, who believes it here and now and truly lives according to that good news here and now, he is coming back so that we can be with him and the Father forever. In fact, that's actually been the end goal all along. Come on, listen, that promise right there, that Jesus will return again one day, it is saturated throughout your whole entire Bible from beginning to end as well. In fact, if you study it, many scholars actually say that the promise of Jesus' final arrival is actually more prevalent throughout your Bible than the promise of his first arrival. In fact, you want to hear something intriguing? Okay, think about this. When you think about God's very first promise to Adam and Eve way back in the garden, that he was going to send the Savior. Listen, he wasn't just talking about Christmas. He was. But he was thinking long-term as well. Come on, he actually, here's what he did. He told the very end of the story from the very beginning that one day, this is what he said, one day a Savior's going to come, I'm paraphrasing, and he's going to crush Satan forever. That's Genesis chapter 3. Satan's done. No more. The end. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm from the 90s. I still say things like that. But it's, it's this. It's the garden restored. 
It's heaven on earth once more. It's mankind restored in right relationship with God forevermore. That's what he was promising. Here's what's amazing, okay? That was at the very beginning of your Bible. Okay, I can show you the promise all the way through. Here's Revelation 22, 20 and 21. This is the very end, the very last two verses of your Bible. Watch what it says. This is Jesus. Well, after he had died on the cross and rose again and ascended back into heaven, it says, he who is the faithful witness of all these things, to all these things, that's Jesus, says, yes, I am coming soon. Those are some of those red letters in your Bible, y'all. Okay, but watch this, okay? Watch, watch this next part closely because this next part is really the heart cry of all who are living according to what Jesus did, to the good news of what Jesus did the first time he arrived, what he did for them. Watch, here's what they say. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We can't wait. We can't wait to be with you. We long for the world to be made right again. But now, here's, right now, in the waiting, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. The end. That's the end of your Bible. Listen, Christmas is amazing, okay? But we're missing a big part of the celebration if we only focus in on his first arrival and therefore lose sight of the full promise that God has made. Family, it's this, that family, Jesus was born in that manger to live the sinless life for us, to die on the cross for us, to rise again for us, all to save us, and he is coming back again for us. In fact, I would submit this, that um, the good news that, uh, that the angel pronounced that night, um, it wouldn't be near as good if the promise of God didn't also include the fact that Jesus is coming back. Here's what I'm saying. When he came the first time, listen, he came to give grace to us right now. You and me, grace. He came to make a way for our sins to be paid so that we could be made right with God. And then he told everyone who had received the good news then and put their faith in him, he said, now go and tell the whole world about this good news of what Jesus said, what I've done. This is what he said, so that many others might also have the opportunity to have their sins forgiven, sins paid for, and be made right with God too. Okay, Oh, thank you, God. And yet, I think many of us would agree, if you've received the good news, if you've truly believed it, that there is still something on the inside of us that aches. There is still something on the inside, and we cannot wait for the day to be with God. cannot wait for the day when Satan and sin and death will be finished forever and this whole world will be made right again. Amen? In fact, if you think about it, would the good news of Jesus really be as good if Satan, sin, and death were allowed to continue forever? And so I know you might, you might say this, though. You might say, well, well, why didn't Jesus just 
end them? Why didn't he deal with those things the first time he arrived? And so it could all be said and done right then. That is a great question. I'm really glad you asked it. Okay, listen to me. Here's why. Because God loves you and he wanted you to have an opportunity to be saved by Jesus too. Friends, do you realize if Jesus would have just fulfilled the entire promise the first time he arrived, do you know that the number of saved people would be much, much smaller? Friends, the only reason there's this time period we're living in right now between the first Christmas and when Jesus returns is so that the family of God can grow. So that more and more people, you and I and many others, might receive the good news of Jesus and then become the Father's kids like Jesus through Jesus. This is why Jesus has told us, go and preach the good news to the entire world. Go tell everyone. This is the heart cry of God. God says, I don't want anyone to miss out. This is also why Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, he said, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Then Jesus will return. Did you know that in just a few short years, for the first time in history, in our lifetimes, the good news is finally about to be available in every language for every nation on earth. This has never happened before in the history of mankind. It's going to happen in our lifetimes in just a few short years. And not only that, okay, and listen, we could be wrong, but I'll say, based on what the Bible says about what the earth will be like before Jesus returns, um, listen, Many people who love Jesus, many pastors, many scholars, many faithful people, they're starting to perk up. And it's, it's beginning to look like the full fulfillment of God's promise could take place here in our lifetime, that Jesus is coming back. So here's my question. And I'm just going to get right to the heart of it. Are you right with God? Are you in right relationship with him today? Come on, do you hear what I hear? Here's a good way to find out if you're right with him or not. This is, listen. When you hear that he is coming back soon, how do you feel? What's that do inside of you? Is your response like that response in Revelation, which we just read? Amen, come Lord Jesus. Or, or maybe there's this sense of urgency that wells up on the inside of you where you say, man, we got to do something quick because there's way too many people that do not know the good news yet. Or if you're honest, listen, with grace... Is there maybe fear when you think about him coming back? Or maybe dread? Or maybe just indifference? Okay, this is going to be strong, but I'm going to say this because I love you. 
if there's fear or dread or indifference, listen, if there's any other response than thrill and a sense of urgency, we got to tell the world, um, then that's probably a good indication that you, you may not be in right relationship with God. Here's why I say that, okay? People who have truly received the good news of Jesus, what he did for them on the cross, and they're saying, man, I want to live for that, okay? They are eager for the full fulfillment of God's promise. They want to be with Jesus. I'm going to invite my friend Laura to make her way out here and play some keys for us. So just look right here. Listen, here's the question. How do you then get right with God? How do we do that? Because I don't want there to be a single person that would walk out of here tonight. If, if you feel like, man, I'm not in a right relationship with him, there is no need for you to walk out those doors tonight staying in that same condition. Your God loves you. And you are not here by accident. He wants a relationship with you. How do we get right with him? Romans 1.17 tells us, it says, watch this, this good news, what Jesus has done for us. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Here we go. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As we put our faith in Jesus, God makes us right with him. Friends, I get... I got good news and I got bad news. I'll start with the bad news so we can end on a high note, right? Listen, here's the bad news. We have all sinned. And our sin has caused our sin has caused brokenness in our relationships with God. It's why Jesus had to come. Our sin has caused brokenness in our relationships with God. And our sin has to be paid for. And death is the only acceptable payment. And if we choose to ignore what Jesus has done for us or, or be indifferent about it or not live according to it, then we will pay for our own sins when we die and we will not be with God. Here's the good news. God loves you so much that he promised to send his own son to die for you and me, to therefore make a way for you and me to have eternal life with God. And he fulfilled that promise. Jesus showed up, which means you do now have a choice as to who will pay for your sins. You or Jesus. This is the most important choice you will ever make in your entire life. Out of grace for you and me, Jesus left heaven. He came to earth as a man to make a way for you and me. He was born as a baby and experienced life just like us. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are tempted and yet he never sinned. Then he died on the cross to pay the death penalty we deserve for our sins. But praise God, listen, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. What we get for our sin is we're going to die. But because Jesus never sinned, the grave couldn't hold him and he rose back to life.
He is alive. He rose again full of eternal life as Savior and King, victorious over Satan and sin and death. And now when you and I believe that good news of what he's done for us, and, and if we'll put our faith in him by living according to that good news, if we'll choose, we'd say it this way, if we'll choose to follow Jesus, then Jesus, we make that choice, then Jesus saves us. He makes us right with God and gives us eternal life starting right here and right now, along with more and more victory in this life right here and now over Satan and sin as we keep following him. And, listen to me, he has promised to return. He will put a final end to Satan and sin and death. And for everyone who's put their faith in him now, we will be with God forever. Listen, that's the full promise of God. Merry Christmas. That's the good news. Do you hear it? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray together. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Come on, the Lord is in this place. Do you need to, do you need to get in a, into a right relationship with God today? Most important decision of your life. I would tell you right now. Listen, I'm going to pray. Just, I would love to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, if you know, if you feel some conviction, don't run from that. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. He saved my life in a service one time years ago. I believe he wants to save lives here tonight. Do you need to give your life to Jesus? Do you need to get right with him? If that's you, just every eye closed, every head bowed, just pray with me. And just, just ask Jesus, your heart to his, Jesus, would you save me? Jesus, I believe what you have done for me. Thank you, God for the promise you made to send the Savior. And thank you, Jesus, that you arrived. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you that you have lived the sinless life I have. And thank you that you went to the cross for me and that you rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for paying for them. I want to live for you from here on out. I give you my life. I say, have your way. I choose to follow you today. I'm telling you, if you're praying that prayer right now, if you mean it, heaven's having a party. This is a work of salvation God is doing in your life right now. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, may we all be captivated by the good news. May we have a sense of urgency in our lives that people need to know. We long for the day of your return, but God, there are so many that need to know. Would you empower us? Would you help us? And God, when you return, we might bring many to you who belong to you. Have your way. We love you, Jesus. We refuse to get over you. We worship you and we praise you. We thank you together and it's in your name we pray. And come on, my whole family said, amen. Can we give Jesus some praise? Amen. And I would invite you, would you stand to your feet? We're going to worship together. This is going to be our response. And listen, if you prayed that prayer and you mean it, I would encourage you, do not walk out of the room here without telling somebody. Or, or this is what that can look like too. Grab one of those connection cards that just write down, I gave my life to Jesus. And drop that thing off. Listen, we are better at following Jesus together. If you, gave, if you prayed that and you meant it, you need a family. 
We just want to love and encourage you and help you step into everything that God has for you. And I'm proud of you for praying that. And again, here's our response. We're going to worship.